Praise God, my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to the On Earth As It Is In Heaven podcast. Romans 12.5 says, We who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. The goal of this podcast is to help all members of God's church establish God's kingdom here on earth by learning and discussing his principles Through these discussions, we hope to facilitate actions that will create heaven on earth. I'm your host, JB, and I'm going to start us off with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to come together in fellowship again, Lord, to discuss your word. We pray right now, Lord, that every viewer who comes across this episode would receive some wisdom, Lord, in whatever circumstance they may be dealing with. At that time, Lord, we know that you are not held by time or distance. And so we thank you, Lord, in advance. I pray, Lord, that we would decrease as you increase, Lord. And as your word goes forth, Lord, that it'll meet everyone where they are, whether they consider themselves Jesus followers right now or they're just kind of trying to figure out what this whole thing is about. I pray, Heavenly Father, that the Holy Spirit ministers to their heart. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you guys for joining another episode of On Earth As It Is In Heaven. I have my good friend Megan here with me today for this episode, who I kind of twisted her arm to be here. So um, (laughs) thank you, Megan. Um, for joining me. Um, do you want to introduce yourself or say anything about yourself? I'm Megan. Right. <laughs> We're friends. All right. That's about it. All right. So we met, we still haven't done the map when it's like three years ago at, I was about to say Target, Amazon. And that's where we became friends. Ironically, I also worked with a sibling of hers at Target. But yeah, we... I've been friends for three years now. And so today we are going to be reading in Proverbs. And we're going to be doing a proverb a day. So since today is the 28th, we're going to be in Proverbs 28. And this is actually something that your mom likes to do. That she brought up with the girls at the Bible study group that we go to. And so that's what kind of got me thinking about it. So do you want to read the first proverb? Sure. Is that? Yeah. Okay. The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. So really when I see this one here, this is one I hear people joke about a lot because it usually has to do with like exercise when people talk about running and when someone who doesn't really like to run, I'll hear them say this, the wicked flee though no one pursues but the righteous are as bold as a lion when I read this one to me it's they kind of it doesn't go together perfectly in my mind the wicked flee though no one pursues but the righteous are as bold as a lion I guess it's saying that the righteous person doesn't flee they stand for whatever they want to stand for but I'm trying to think of this a, a good situation where you can apply this to that specific situation. I don't know. That's kind of a tough one. 
<laughs> I feel like I can do it separately, but to put to to put both of those lines together in a situation is kind of hard for me. But when it says the righteous as the bold as a lion, that's usually what I think about whenever I am tasked with something that I don't know. I don't really feel comfortable doing. It's like out of my comfort zone. I'll like go to this. The righteous are as bold as a lion, and we're righteous because of Jesus. We have his righteousness in us, and so when you believe by faith in that, then it can help me be bolder in the situations that I have to, I guess I don't necessarily have to deal with, but I might feel like God is calling me to take a step in faith and do something, and so this one can help me when it comes to that. The second one, the second verse, when a country is rebellious, it has many rulers, but a ruler with discernment and knowledge maintains order. When a country is rebellious, it has many rulers, but a ruler with discernment and knowledge maintains order. This kind of makes me think of that saying, too many chiefs, not enough. Oh, that's not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's saying. Um, but when you got too many people trying to be the boss, I guess. Yeah. In a situation, and there's too many opinions coming in. That's what I think of when I see it has many rulers. Yeah, I feel like that's more like as someone who's like trying to like know who to listen to. There's like probably yeah. a bunch of different things that they're telling you. So like even your rulers could have different ways, like styles of right teachings or something. That's so. You could be obeying one ruler and then the others disagrees if they're not on the same yeah. page. That makes me think of retail. You get all these different bosses in retail, all these different levels, and one says go do this and while you're doing that, another one says, hey, can you go do that? And you're like, well, so-and-so told me to do this. Mm -hmm. There's no communication up there. Yeah. <laughs> no order. Also, the other day on the school bus I drive, there was a kid telling another kid what to do, and he was like, so-and-so keeps telling me what to do. I said, I'm the only one that should be telling people what to do on this bus. <laughs> Too many, one of the rulers on the bus here. He says, but a ruler with discernment and knowledge maintains order. So hopefully, the top ruler, the person whoever is in charge, has discernment and has knowledge and can communicate effectively with all the other rulers and order will be maintained. That's a pretty interesting one. You want to read the third one? Yeah. A ruler who oppresses the poor is like a driving rain that leaves no crops. So I guess the driving rain will, I guess, will flood all the crops. Is, you know, I feel like a lot of these proverbs, well, a lot of stuff in the Bible has to do with farming. So part of it is understanding how farming works. And what I get from that is it's too much. And that's why it leaves no crops. Ruler who oppresses the poor. It's like a driving rain that leaves no crops. I don't know, this one's kind of tough for me. I feel like sometimes you got to meditate on some of these to like really figure out or, or <laughs> go look up things that you don't really <laughs> understand. So I'm going to go to number four. <laughs> those who forsake instruction praise the wicked, but those who heed it resist them. That kind of makes sense because if you forsake instruction, you're praising the wicked. Usually the wicked don't want to receive instruction. So if you look at praise in a way of, you know, 
your actions as opposed to your words. Your actions is praising the wicked because that's what they do. That's what they're for. And so if you're also not receiving instruction, you're along with them. But those who heed it resist them. So those who listen to the instruction. So when I was just talking to the kids about peer pressure the other night. And what should be easier when it comes to peer pressure is when there's something you know is bad. So I told them, I was like, if your friends say, hey, let's go throw rocks at cars. Like, that should be an easy one to decide not to do. Because you know throwing rocks at cars isn't a good thing. And so if you heed the instruction of knowing to not do stuff like that, then you are standing up against the wicked. Whereas sometimes it can be a little bit harder, where the option isn't really bad, it just might not be good for you. So that's another level of peer pressure. But I feel like this one relates well with the peer pressure of something that is definitely bad, and we know it. Number five, evildoers do not understand what is right. But those who seek the Lord understand fully. Evildoers do not understand what is right. Which is kind of tricky because I feel like sometimes people intentionally do evil knowing it's evil. And I guess other times, maybe, I feel like sometimes the Bible refers to the wicked as those who are just not doing things that are godly as well. So maybe there's evil being done through people's lack of, of knowledge, whether they view it as evil or not. But those who seek the Lord understand it fully. These ones also kind of bother me because there's times when I don't understand things. <laughs> but I'm like, but I'm seeking the Lord, so shouldn't I understand it? You know, but I feel like it's part of the progression. For this one, it makes me think of, I was scrolling on my Facebook, and there was someone who posts like something about how like Christians take the body and blood of Christ, you know? Mm -hmm. And they're like, do they not see that what they're doing is basically witchcraft, but they can say it's okay because it's Jesus? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. Like, they don't, like, I can, they don't follow Jesus, like, they don't follow the Lord because they follow, like, I don't know, I can see how they don't what they think they're saying is right. Mm -hmm. Like, I can see it, because, like, yeah, it does kind of, it completely does sound like mm -hmm. you're taking body and blood, like, yeah, that's kind of wild, but for us, like, we know since we follow the Lord, like, it means something different, because, mm -hmm. like, we're not, there's, like, different spirits, Yeah. so we're doing it out of, like, the spirit of God, not yeah. demons, yeah. <laughs> so... I'm like, yeah, no, I agree. It does completely sound like witchcraft, but mm -hmm. it's, it's not because it's for the Lord. So. Yeah. But like, I, I get, I can see their perspective yeah. in it. I know the funny thing about that to me is that there is things that I guess you can almost consider equivalent, but like you just mentioned, doing it for God and, and doing it outside of God yeah. is literally the determining factor. Yeah. So... For, like you said, someone who's not seeking God, who's not considered himself, you know, a follower of Jesus, of our faith, then, yeah, they are, they lack that knowledge of, you know, of what we're doing and why we're doing yeah. it. What I think about is, like, divination, you know, and spirit seeking, you know, and you're trying to, you know, in the Old Testament, there are people who do divination prophesied, but God speaks against that, yeah. you know. 
or even I was reading in what was it with Moses and like everything that God did for like to for Pharaoh like not the plagues but before the plagues I think I don't know how he was like he like threw his staff on ground it turned through his staff. Oh, and he mm-hmm. was like he's like well even his like magicians could do the same thing and it was yeah. like turn this to blood the magicians could do it this that I'm like how are they all doing the same stuff yeah. like. Yeah. Which again, not to get too deep in this, but in the end times it talks about a huge deception and Satan's gonna be given power to perform miracles, signs and wonders, the mm-hmm. Bible says in the end times. And so if you're just looking for signs and wonders, yeah. you're gonna be deceived. Yeah. You know, so just go, like I don't know where you find it is mm-hmm. what's important. Yeah. We are at number six. Better the poor whose walk is blameless than the rich whose ways are perverse. Better the sorry, I'm already mm-hmm. Better the poor whose walk is blameless than the than the rich whose ways are perverse. You know, I feel like that is a good one to follow up number five. Those who seek the Lord understand it because I feel like this is something that the world would not understand or take well because we pretty much base status on wealth yeah you know so if you're rich you're doing the right thing you're doing well but if you're poor you know then it's like you're doing everything wrong if you know you're gonna ask the world like that is literally our status is money and what you have in your name, you know, fame and stuff like that, so. Not to God. Yeah. Better the poor whose walk is blameless. And that's something that's hard to receive, too, as an individual. Because, again, going back to peer pressure, you're like, no one's trying to hear that, oh, my walk is blameless, though. You know, when you don't have anything, like, yeah. no one's going to want to hear that. And so... You have to, I mean, that's something that's going to be between you and God, and you have to be able to be strengthened enough to, for that to be enough. It should be enough, but living in a world that says otherwise, and you're just surrounded by the opposite opinion of this, can be pretty tough. I don't know. I mean, I, I know from experience, just like walking in lack, physically or materially, it's just hard even like when you don't care what people think or you say you don't care what people think there's a level of knowing that people are thinking a certain thing and caring you know yeah i almost feel like that's like a defense mechanism partially too to just be like i don't care so to truly if someone truly can receive this that is really good but I don't think this is talking about every poor person and every rich yeah. person, but you know, largely this probably can apply directly to what it's speaking about. Number seven, a discerning son heeds instruction, but a companion of gluttons disgraces his father. A discerning son heeds instruction, but a companion of gluttons disgraces. I mean, hopefully, if you have a wise father. As a son and or daughter, you're heeding their instruction, mm-hmm. and you don't bring disgrace to them. But 
I'm wondering if gluttons is like, because I'm thinking of a glutton for punishment, but then also like gluttony, which is like greed, like overindulgence. And I'm thinking maybe it's speaking that one, like a pain of gluttons, disgraces his father, someone who can't control their appetite, you know? And so they probably will go out and do disgraceful things. So that's an interesting one. You want to read number eight? Whoever increases wealth by taking interest or profit from the poor amasses it for another. Who will be kind to the poor? Well, this is the government. I mean, <laughs> whoever increases wealth by taking interest or profit from the poor. But then it's like, who's considered poor? And I feel like, so I feel like a cop-out for us here in the States Whenever we started talking about poor, I feel like when people don't want to own up to certain decisions that are happening that are adversely affecting those who may be in poverty, they go for like countries that are doing worse than us. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, well, in, these, in other countries, they have a way worse. They don't have, you know, running water or this, that, and the other, which is true. But I just feel like it's a cop-out for what's happening here, too, though. Yeah. It's like you don't want to acknowledge that there are people at low levels of, of living here as well who are dealing with certain things and being taken advantage of, you know? Like, yeah, there is opportunity, which is I also feel like it's something that we use as a cop-out because everyone can't be rich. Everyone, you know, well, you know, go... The answer I always hear is, you know, go back to school, get a better job. Everyone, they just can't... Everyone can't go back to school and get a better job. If everyone did that, it wouldn't work. You know, like, so yeah, it is an option for people to do at this time, but it just wouldn't work if everyone did it. You know, there's not enough jobs. I feel like it's not an option because school is too expensive anyway. <laughs> but even if it was, though, but yeah, you're, I mean, that's the first level. <laughs> that's not even... And Unless you want to take out a lot of loans. Yeah, which is a, already an issue that people yeah. have acknowledged but also don't want to... They're not going to get that. <laughs> but yeah, so it would take a lot of loans to either go back to school, but even if that happened, yeah. again, it's just not widespread su sustainable to continue yeah. to do that. That's not the, the answer. And so, I don't know. I just find that very interesting. Who will be kind to the poor? I feel like God has given the gift, that gift to certain people who do care about the poor. I know one of my clients, you know, Lynn, she talks about there's a guy at, his, at her church who pretty much, like, oh, like, he's never really in abundance because he just always is just giving and doing for the poor. Like, mm. you know, man, she called it something. The gift of poverty, that's what she said mm. it was. So certain people have the gift of poverty, which... I think the way she was explaining it is it's not that they are not like they don't have income and stuff like yeah. that, but they're just always yeah. doing and giving and they're okay in that state. They're they gonna see it like accumulate yeah. very much. But they're not upset about it though. Yeah. Like they're like fully fulfilled because they're helping others. Mm -hmm. You know, and I feel like that's a special gift you gotta have. Number nine, if anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. This makes me think about, as a parent, when, you know, if you ask your child to do something and then they don't listen and then they, 
you know, something bad, something you've been telling them over and over again, and they did the opposite, and something goes bad, and then now they're looking for sympathy, you know, and it's, sometimes it's kind of hard to give that sympathy, because it's like, I was, I've been telling yeah. you this, you know, and it was for your well-being, and it was to help you, and you didn't listen, and now you're in this situation, yeah. you know, but I think as even Christians, well, especially Christians, because you're not a Christian, you're not really praying to God, so definitely Christians, we oftentimes don't listen to the instruction of God, and we get stuck in these places, and then we start praying for God to help us while not listening to Him, because we have, I believe it's, we have what we want the answer to be in our minds, and so we're waiting for God to give us that answer. For instance, I feel like finances is something big that everyone prays for is finances, and so we want a check to come in the mail from where we don't know. We just want some money to come. And God says, go take this job. Wait, that couldn't be God because that's going to be me working for it. You know, but no, that is God telling you to go take this job. Or, you know, whatever the way may be, it's different from what we want it to be. And so God is telling us, I believe God is speaking to us and we're not listening in certain circumstances. And then... But yet, we're still praying to him about it. He's like, yeah. I'm giving you your answer. You're not listening. It's not what you want to hear. You know? And so, that's what I think about when I read that verse there, number nine. How important it is to God. That if he's saying, like, a prayer is detestable. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, that's freaky. <laughs> I think it's Isaiah 60 that talks about, you know, a fast that God calls a fast because they're like complaining because they've been like fasting and, and God isn't listening and he's like is this the fast that I've asked for you know you do fast physically from eating but then you still treat the poor like crap you're still doing the things that you want to do you pretty much turned it into an act or a service that you want to be rewarded for like God I'm fasting so you know it's almost like you, they want God to be on their command this is what we do. We fast when we want something from him. And now we're fasting. Where are you at, God? You know, so, yeah, that fast, he said that fast, he was not pleased with their fast because of that. So, yeah. And I feel like that's something that does, these things need to be talked about because you already know how I feel. I talk about this all the time. I feel like we're in a great saturated place as it relates to our faith. And we never talk about the things that God says are detestable or that upsets him. It's almost as if we are oblivious to the fact that he could be unhappy with certain things. You know, we'll say it. We'll say, like, God doesn't like sin. But I feel like that's the extent of what we'll talk about as it relates to God not being pleased with certain things. And so I think it's always good to read the word, you know, and have sermons on the whole word without skipping or cutting out or watering down what the word says. You want to read number 10? Whoever leads the upright along an evil path will fall into their own trap, but the blameless will receive a good inheritance. You know, these, so if I'm being honest, because God already knows what I'm thinking, I feel like these ones can be hard to read because it's like, you don't want to wish bad on anybody, but you're also just like, how long 
Because I feel like there's a scripture talking about this. Like, how long will they continue to be able to prosper? Mm-hmm. When you feel like, so it says, whoever leads the upright along an evil path will fall into their own trap. I mean, I feel like we see that there are people who are leading upright along evil paths that, you know, they may not understand what they're being led to. I feel like, I mean, I feel like on the mass scale, you can say that the government, I feel like, does this a lot. But there are also people in everyday lives who have hidden agendas who are always lying and stealing and doing whatever it takes to get ahead it doesn't feel like they're falling into their own trap and it doesn't feel like the blameless are receiving a good inheritance I feel like that's like more so speaking to like judgment day Mm -hmm. because like they're not going to receive their trap here on earth yeah like they're not yeah. Like we've seen that. They're not. Right, yeah. They're going to have a great time here on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's such a test for us. Yeah. Like, to endure. Which the Bible talks about us enduring until the end. So, yeah, there, there, there may be those who, who do, but like there's a, a large majority of people who aren't going to face that, fall into that trap here, you know? And it's not going to be until you know the end and also though that's like so hard because like the bible tells us to like bless those who curse you and you know if like if almost like it's a little bit of human nature to want to see people get what we believe they deserve mm-hmm. you know and there are people who are doing horrible things now that i truly believe eventually you know they're going to be that god's going to come for them and they're going to say they're going to be in heaven you know and we have to be mature enough to know that <laughs> and be okay with that, you know, because if we have to be also, I feel like we got to be realistic about our lives too and things that God has forgiven us of as well. And I mean, the Bible says vengeance is the Lord. So I do believe that everyone is going to, you know, get what the Lord has for them in due time and due season, whether that's good or bad. Because that's another thing that I guess I feel could be controversial that I believe. Because anytime anything bad happens, people are like, that's not God, you know? That's not God doing That's not the type of God who does that stuff. But I'm just saying that the Bible says that God says vengeance is his. You know, and, you know, evil will be repaid for evil and good for good. And so I feel like there are times... When there is things that you may be going through, that it may be God. You know, I just, I don't know. I feel like it's irresponsible just to say, like, nothing, no struggle that you go through is ever God. That's, I feel like that's false. And I feel like people have to understand that sometimes it could be God. Like, no, I say no to my kids, and there are sometimes disciplinary actions that come into it. And yes, that is your father who loves you. I do still love you, but there's a consequence that I am imposing on you for your good. But yeah, it's me. It's me who's doing it, you know. And to just be like, oh, no, this is just a consequence of your action. It's not me. Like, I can say that, but yeah, they're going to be like, it is you. you know? <laughs> and so I don't know. I just feel like sometimes it is God. I do feel like ultimately it's for our good, but to claim that, you know, hardships or anything you're going through is not God doing it to you. I don't believe it. I don't believe that. 
I don't know that I agree with it's God doing it to you, but I feel mm -hmm. like God allowing it to be done. Yeah, well, I feel like yeah. Different. Well, I know, I can't think of where it's at, where it's, actually I'm going to look it up. But it says, God chastises those he loves. So I feel like that's an actionable verb. Mm -hmm. So Hebrews 12, 6, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son he accepts. So I actually heard something the other day when it was talking about Esau and, and Jacob, the brothers. And it was talking, and it said, God loved Jacob and hated Esau. And it was like, how did he show his love for Jacob and his hate for Esau? And it was that he allowed Esau to do whatever he wanted. He never corrected him. Mm. So he was able to, to just go do, he did well, but he met, like he also did things that weren't pleasing to God and God never did it. He didn't let Jacob do whatever he wanted to do. He was corrected, he was chastised. And so there are some things, again, chastisement doesn't always feel good. I'm sure like that the kids have not always liked the things that I've done when I felt like I've been trying to steer them in the right direction. And so something we, if you don't look at it in the right light, then you're just looking at it as another hardship, something the world's against you, whatever it may be, when really it's God's trying to help you, but it just don't feel good. Yeah. You know, so I feel like it also can be the way you're looking at the situation that you're in as well. Do you have anything else now? So 11. The rich are wise in their own eyes. One who is poor and discerning sees how deluded they are. I feel like I'm connecting more with the poor verses. <laughs> Anytime it's talking about being poor, I'm like, yeah, I can see that. So when it says, the one who is poor and discerning sees how deluded they are. But you can't tell You can't tell them nothing because people are going to be like, well, what do you have? You know, like anytime you say anything, I'm like, oh, well, they got money. They got, you know, obviously they know something because they have wealth and they have this and that. And so no one ain't trying to hear anything you got to say if you don't have yeah. anything materialistic to, to back up your status. Yet. What do you have to show that? Like something they view. Yeah. Value. Yeah. Something that gives you credit, I guess. But I don't know. I guess I can, I, I just feel like I can see that sometimes, you know, yeah. I can definitely see it for like the people who are super, like, I don't know, the rich, so like money motivated, and mm -hmm. like just always like, you need to get a really good job that pays a whole lot, and mm -hmm. like you're going to work your life away, even if it's not something you love, mm -hmm. and so I'm just like, yeah, sure you think like, I don't know, that's your stability and all that, but. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna also hate what you spend most of your time at, like. Yeah. I like. I also think spiritually though, this is talking about you know what is their focus? Their focus is, as the Bible talks about, building their treasures, treasures yeah. here on earth. Yeah. When and they have no thought of eternity at all, you know, or what it would take, and they don't understand that the true riches are gonna come in the next life, not this one. Everything here. Bible says it's going to pass away so they think they're wise but unfortunately some of them are going to find out in the appointed time that they weren't you want to read 12 when the righteous triumph there's great elation but when the wicked rise to power people go into hiding I mean that seems pretty straightforward when the righteous 
triumph, you know, things go well, they think about the people, they set laws and rules into place that will help people and make people feel safe. You know, that's something, even in the small arena of, of my bus that I try to do, I try to make sure there's no bullying. I try to make sure um, people aren't screaming, acting wild next to the person who's just trying to get to school, you know, or get home, you know. You have to think, I try to think about everyone and how that affects the next person in a world where everyone is almost always concerned with themselves and if they don't feel like they're affecting someone else or what they're doing affects someone else, then they really don't think much into it. But hopefully you have someone who rises that is thinking of those concerns. And obviously when the wicked rise to power, people go on that. I mean, they're evil, they got evil intent, and yeah. You got anything on that one? All right, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. I mean, in the New Testament, it talks about that. Confess your sins, you know, to God. If you receive Jesus, he's already paid the penalty for them. But to not repent. I mean, that's what John the Baptist preached right before Jesus. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is there. Repenting is a condition of, like, salvation to receive God. By faith, you have to repent of your sins, which means to truly feel like you have to truly believe that what you were doing was wrong. You have to understand that and turn away from that, actively turn away from the life that you once lived. And part of that repenting is to confess, you know, what you've done to God, like the Bible tells us to do. It also says confess your faults to one another, speaking of brothers and sisters in Christ as well. But if you don't, it says that person does not prosper. So to confess and renounce repentance. That's what repentance is. Confessing it, renouncing it, turning away from it. And you'll find mercy. Yeah, and then turning to God. Yeah. So yeah. 14. Yeah. Blessed is the one who always trembles before God, but whoever hardens their heart falls into trouble. Yeah, I mean, a hardened heart is so hard because when your heart is hardened it's like you are like stonewalling you know and it's like nothing can get through when you look at Pharaoh and his heart kept getting hardened God was sending all these plagues on Egypt and he just refused like he was just so set on his way you know until he wasn't but then again his heart hardened again and he chased them again until they all got washed away in the sea but a hardened heart is like, I feel like that's something to pray about, that, you're, that you, your heart doesn't harden because you won't be able to listen to reason when you have a hardened heart. But the one who trembles before God and, yeah, blesses them because I feel like you're more inclined to hear God's voice. You're more inclined to want to please Him. You're more inclined to, to live a holy life, which has rewards in itself, you know, living the way God has called us to live, so. Like a roaring lion or a charging bear is a wicked ruler over a helpless people. Yeah. I mean, I feel fortunate that I don't feel like we've actually had to live in, like, the full extent of what some of these verses are talking about. 
but we can imagine, you know, through reading some of the Bible stories or just some other places in the world, you know, who have to deal with this type of stuff. So, I don't know, I feel like we've been blessed in the timing and place <laughs> that we've been born. You want to 16? A tyrannical ruler practices extortion, but one who hates ill-gotten gain will enjoy a long reign. And this one's kind of hard, too, because when I look at the different Old Testament stories and they're talking about the different, like the Book of Kings and it talks about, you know, who reigned and who did good in the sight of the Lord and who did evil in the sight of the Lord and their time and their reign. It's not just black and white, like, oh, they did good, they live long. Oh, they did bad, they live short, you know, or anything like that. And so I just feel like there's other variables that go into play that obviously only God would understand, you know, but... It's like sometimes you just want things to be black and white. You're like, oh, I'm doing good, so I'm going to live long, and I'm going to reign long, and I'm going to keep my place. But it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes people do good and don't necessarily receive good, and sometimes people do bad and don't necessarily receive bad. So it's like this is one of those things sometimes that isn't absolute, I would say. Uh, maybe 17. <laughs> Anyone tormented by the guilt of murder will seek refuge in the grave. Let no one hold them back. Anyone tormented by the guilt? Oh, sorry. I mean, it sounds like they're saying they're going to be have guilty consciences, but mm -hmm. I'm reading. Let no one hold them back. That's. Huh. Is that saying let them go seek the grave if that's what they want? That's a pretty interesting one, pretty intense one. Alright, 18. The one. Whose walk is blameless is kept safe, but the one whose ways are perverse will fall into the pit. Again, I mean, this is these ones are kind of hard because there are people who, and I guess you know if we're going off our version of, of what blameless would be, but I don't know. There's people that we feel like live a pretty good life, and bad things still happen to them. And it says the one whose ways reverse will fall into a pit, and there's people who are always getting over, and it seems like nothing happens. But again, I also sometimes think about we don't really know what's going on with people. You know, you only see what people show. So who knows? Like mentally, they could be going through. You know, when it comes to you know anxiety or stressing, and I say everyone who's dealing with that is going through something, but. You know, sometimes we just assume that God isn't doing something and or isn't, you know, standing up for his people when he could be. And we just don't know what way that's happening, I guess. 19. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies will have their fill of food. So the, the immediate thing that comes to my mind is pro sports. Because I feel like so many people are like, or or becoming a rapper or something. <laughs> like, whatever the big stuff is, but there are so many people, like, they spit so much time and energy into it. And if that is a goal of yours, that's awesome to do. But to, like, not do anything else. One of a professional athlete, Deion Sanders, is like a, a college football coach now. And I was just watching a clip from him. And he was talking about how he works with his athletes on things other than football because what he said was he's, he's like, I'm smart enough to know that 85% of these guys ain't going to go pro. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not a large percentage of people who go pro, 
So it's awesome, and he's a, he's a believer, by the way. And so it's awesome to have someone like that in their lives who knows that and can speak to that. And he can nurture and help and, and train and coach them, you know, to the, the best of his ability to help them to get to that place. But he's also wise enough to know it. Like he said, 85% of y'all not. You know, and that's 85% of, co- you know, of college athletes, not even just this team, you know. So the chances of that happening are, are, are very low. And so we need to be working on, you know, how are we going to move on from this place in four years, regardless of whether we go pro or if we got to get a job or whatever it may be. And he's, you know, he's setting up systems in place to help them to get good paying jobs. And I think he talked about like a job draft. He's like, we have a draft for the NFL. Why can't we have one for students who are, you know, graduating who are looking for a job? So he's just looking to put things in place to help them out. But those who just chase the fantasy and never think about that 85% chance they're not going to make it to whatever that fantasy is, I feel like that's what this is talking about. You know, they're going to put everything they got into that and then they're going to find themselves in poverty. A faithful person will be richly blessed, but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. Makes you think about get-rich-quick schemes. Those generally turn out bad for the person trying to do those. There's a show I used to watch called American Greed. You ever watch that? Okay, not that I want the, the bad guys to get away with their crime. But every time I'd like watch an episode, it generally was some type of like Ponzi scheme or like insurance fraud. And so, you know, they will get you to invest in something and then, you know, promise you a such and such a return. So the way that they pay you your returns is they get someone else to invest. Mm-hmm. And pretty much they're paying you with their investment money. And really the only people who get their money back is the first ones who start catching on to it and ask to pull out. Yeah. If you're not one of the first ones to do that, then you've lost all your money. But as it relates to the bad guys who are even doing this, I've always thought if you would have just stopped so far ahead, you could have got out with you know, so much money. But they just keep going and keep being greedy and eventually... They get punished. They go to jail, you know, because they winds up getting caught up and they owe tons of money. And, you know, you had, what, five to ten years of a lavish lifestyle. But because you were so eager to get rich, you know, now you're dealing with the punishment of that. But a faithful person will be richly blessed. You know, someone who's faithful to doing the right thing and trusting in God. I feel like I always talk to the kids. God wants us to do good. He wants us to have nice things and enjoy this life. But that shouldn't be our focus is what I talk to him about. I feel like he'll take care of us. And I don't know, I make a lot of correlations between earthly parenting and heavenly parenting. I know I feel like God is far superior, you know, to us. But as a parent, I, I want my kids to do well and I want them to have nice things. But I, I even me, I don't want them focused on those nice things. Like, you know, focused on being a good person and treating people well and, and taking care of things you need to and and then I'll worry about trying to get you the good things that you want anyway, you know? And so I feel like that's how God Jesus is the one that's trying to worry about all that stuff. Just be faithful and he'll take care of us. Twenty uh, one. To show partiality is not good. Yet a person will do wrong for a piece of bread. You got anything on this one? So I'm kind of, I guess I'm kind of struggling on the word partiality. 
Cause the, is that like the show favoritism? That's what I'm thinking of. It's not exactly that, right? Partiality. Let me Google before. I feel like it's more like. Right. <laughs> and anyone who knows what this word means, don't be judging while y'all watching this. All right, unfair bias in favor of one thing or person compared with another. Yeah, so it's like favoritism. So a particular liking or fondness for something. Yeah. So to show favoritism is not good. Yet a person would do wrong for a piece. Of, I don't see that. These are ones where I don't understand how they go together. Yet a person would do wrong for a piece of bread. So this is like one of those ones that if I was reading this by myself, I probably would Google Proverbs 28, 21 meaning or something like that and see what I could find on the internet about it because that, this one, like, I don't know, it's not connecting for me in my brain. It's way better. I'd just be like, skip. Well, that's what we're going to do for right now for the sake of time, though. So we're going to go to 22. The stingy are eager to get rich and are unaware that poverty awaits them. Yeah, I mean, I guess the stingy people who don't share. Some of this that kind of goes, I feel like, goes with like how, you know, God calls us to share and not be stingy and to love on one another and to give. And I feel like there are blessings that come with that. And so if you're not doing those things, I feel like you probably could still, just by the, the natural law, get ahead. But you're not going to get those blessings that I feel like God would give you if you aren't expressing the fruits of the Spirit, you know, in the way that He would want you to, so... Yeah. I feel like their stinginess will just lead to, I don't know, like poverty and like relationships. Yeah, and then there won't be anyone there for you and yeah. when you need them. Yeah. I can see that. 23. Whoever rebukes a person in the end will gain favor rather than one who has a flattering tongue. Yeah, I mean, and I, also this goes with like maybe if the person can receive that rebuke or maybe just because of the rebuke that it comes that they wind up prospering because then they're going to be grateful of you other than I think about yes men like people have yes men around them mm -hmm. who are just going to go along with whatever they say no matter what even if it's bad and eventually people don't want that like I don't want someone around me who just always you think you want it until you get it and it seems like you know if you were really trying to make something happen you need people who are knowledgeable in that arena that are going to let you know, hey, this isn't the right thing to be doing. You should probably do this. And even if you find yourself not listening, hopefully you realize eventually that they are right. And then you can receive you know, future rebukes from them on whatever it is that you're doing wrong. Yeah, accountability. Yeah. Whoever robs their father or mother and says it's not wrong is partner to one who destroys. Well, obviously robbing someone is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah, you're a partner to, I don't know, the one who destroys to me is the devil. Yeah. Evil. You're the devil's partner. <laughs> right. You're not honoring your parents. And that's something that Jesus spoke about specifically, I want to say it was to the Pharisees, because they were like, why don't your disciples wash their hands before they eat? You know, because it was ceremonially unclean. Mm -hmm. And... He was like, you put man-made rules in front of God's rules. Because God, how did it go? I'm about to chop it up. But pretty much, you know, God was saying for them to give to their parents. 
But the Pharisees told them if they gave to the church, then they didn't have to give to their parents. So it was like a workaround. Hmm. I forgot what specifically what it was called that they were to give to their parents. But if they gave it to, to the church, the Pharisees, then they didn't have to give it to their parents. So it was like, in a way, robbing their parents, you yeah, know? Yeah. 25. The greedy stir up conflict, but those who trust in the Lord will prosper. This one has a lot to do with stingy and greed. And mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, to I feel like this really puts to the test um, yourself. You, you can do a lot of self-reflecting. That's what I feel like I'm, when I'm reading these, that's what I'm doing. And I know sometimes it can be hard to trust when it seems like the greedy are prospering, you know, because it's like, yeah. like, well, if they take it all, how am I going to get any? You know, if the greedy are getting all this stuff, there's not going to be any left for me. And so you can either become greedy as well or, you know, pretty much get into their playing field and try to do the things that they're doing to get ahead. Or you can just trust that God sees you, knows you, loves you. He knows what's happening, and he has a plan, you know. And at the appointed time, that plan will come to pass, you know. And so, but that takes trust in God, like, because I feel like that's not an easy thing. I'm just thinking about, like, certain situations. So, like, so one thing that I think about is, like, the housing market. And... It's just like, okay, there's people who can afford houses or getting houses, but then there's also the issue with all the investors, you know, buying up all the houses to rent out. It's like not even for them, you know, it's yeah. just so they can make money off yeah. of it. And I don't know, it's like you're going up against a giant. Mm -hmm. You know, like, how do you do anything with that, you know? But I just, like, you know, in due time, God's going to work out whatever it is. He needs to work out in me. He's going to take care of me. And, you know, as it relates to my personal relationship with my like he's going to take care of all his people. But, you know, when you're in this situation and you're trying to figure out how you're going to make it to the next level, the next place, whatever it may be, it seems like the competition is so big that they're doing so much. They're being greedy. They're not thinking about others. They're just doing whatever they can to get ahead. It's like David and Goliath, you know, it's like freaking Goliath is, is doing, taking everything, you know. <laughs> and so I guess you just got to be like David and believe in God that he's going to come through and you're going to win that battle. So trust in the Lord. Did you just read? Yeah. Those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. So, I mean, I feel like that's what I kind of was just thinking about. Those who trust in themselves, either in those situations, you can decide, I got to do something, mm -hmm. and I'm going to do something, and take it into your own hands. I think about, I know there's times where I had to apologize when I was playing, like, rugby. Because I've been, or just, like, different various sports, really. If I feel like someone is messing up a lot, that's like, and I feel like the team is like, it's, it's, it's affecting the team. Then I'm like, I start feeling like I need to do more. Where were we at, 27? 26. 26, okay. No, yeah, we were on 26. But. All right, those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Yeah, so like I was saying in the one before, if you 
trust in yourself and start trying to do things instead of trusting in God who can do all things then that can definitely be an issue because you're going to find out very soon your limits so 27 those who give to the poor will lack nothing but those who close their eyes to them receive many curses and I personally have struggled with this because I'm not even like trying to like brag or nothing like that but I feel like I've been pretty good at like giving to the poor and then there's been times where I feel like I've been in lack and struggling and I've just been like what is up like I, you know you kind of get a feeling like I'm always helping where's my help you know mm -hmm. so that can be something that I feel like people can struggle with but I also I believe by faith in due time you will be repaired I feel like God will take care of you yeah. when you do the things that you need to do that God has asked you to do rather as it relates to helping the poor but those who close their eyes to them receive many curses yeah I don't close my eyes to the poor so I hope to not ever experience or be able to speak on that side of it <laughs> and the last one you want to read 28 when the wicked rise to power people go into hiding but when the wicked perish the righteous thrive and it kind of one like that earlier about the wicked and luckily we're not at least the type of wickedness that comes to my mind is like super harsh like we have a lot of stuff in place here in the states that keep people from like just doing horrible things to you as, as it relates to our laws and stuff like that and the freedoms that we have but there definitely is still wicked people in power and behind the scenes and luckily we have been able to experience on lower levels wicked people leaving and righteous people taking their place and we know that we're able to see good come from that and that's the end of Proverbs 28 so yeah one of the few ways that you can start off reading the Bible if you have not been reading it a lot of times people don't know exactly where to start our proverb a day there is oh, 31 proverbs so there will be months where you know you might not finish those proverbs per se per the day you can still just read extra ones a day but at least and even in the longest month each day you'll have some wisdom to learn as it relates to that and so i want to thank you megan for joining on another episode of honor as it is in heaven i want to thank you guys for watching and i'm going to close this out in prayer and we'll see you next week heavenly father we thank you for this time to come together to share your word with your people. I pray that the seed has been planted and you have met everyone where they're at, that they'll take this word into their week, into their day, and be a blessing to others as you have been a blessing to them. We thank you, Lord, and count this prayer as done. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to another episode. I hope today you received an on-time word from God and found the inspiration you needed to take action in whatever it is that God has called you to do. Tune in next week to hear another Holy Spirit-led conversation about how together we will bring heaven here on earth according to God's will.